0: Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Villani every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value. Cactus included on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but if you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right, let's go to our next segment with making our predictions. All right, Dan, so I think this is a, a, a complicated game because it's Trevor Simeon versus Mike White. <laughs> and I don't. it could be Justin Fields versus Mike White, but let's say it's a battle of backups, a, a, a showdown between game managers. Um, this will be the um, short passing uh, game to, for the ages because I think both teams will probably look pretty similar um, the Jets are a better defensive football team. I think the Bears might still have a hard time stopping the Jets, with they have better weapons and and maybe a better offensive line. So I think it's going to be difficult there. Uh, I am going to go with because the Bears do tend to make one big special teams mistake every week. Yeah, teams. Uh, I'm going to go Jets 27, Bears 23.
0: Where do I give you some of my numbers at the end of this prediction segment? Because you just touched on something that I, w- I would like to get to. But uh, I, I've got the Jets 24 and the Bears 20. And this is the first time I've had to pick a game without knowing who the Bears starting quarterback is in a long, long time. Um, look, I think we're leaning towards Trevor Simeon, as we discussed in the previous segment. I don't know what's going to happen. This Jets defense is really good, right? And And, and the Bears defense is not. Right. And so it just gives you a lean towards, okay, you know, stick with what you know. And right now it seems like the Jets are the better football team, even with the uncertainty they have at that quarterback position, uh, they're going to get a little bit of a breather playing against the bears defense uh, that we'll also get into in a couple minutes. That's going to be missing a couple key starters, potentially Uh, other, other names on this injury report, David, that we got to keep an eye on as the week progresses. And so we'll, we'll see where that goes, but I got jets 24 bears 20.
1: Okay. So Dan, those names and numbers, where do you want to start? Let's start with the names because you intrigued me. I saw the big names on the injury report. We don't know exactly where these things are going, but it's not trending well because the Bears without uh, a secondary that is intact is a much different defense.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about a couple things here because you have two rookie defensive backs in Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon who are in the concussion protocol right now. The Brisker one is notable, David, because he was taken off the field twice in Atlanta to be looked at for concussion and he returned both times and he ended up playing 53 out of 55 defensive snaps and the two that he missed were after plays where he came up uh, looking a little wobbly or or, or showing some signs of discomfort and he was taken to be evaluated and then Monday rolls around and he winds up in the concussion protocol and so we talked earlier this season when the Dolphins were coming to town and my colleague Colleen Kane did a really good uh, deep look at everything that was going on around the league with the heightened scrutiny on concussion related procedures and and the need for for players to be on and the system to be a little bit more uh, airtight. And still, you get a situation like this where a player gets – hurt twice once within each half he, he hit Marcus Mariota in the first half and actually slammed his head into the back of tight end Michael Pruitt and was down for a little bit and that was the first instant he came out the second one was helping on a routine tackle in the second half on Cordero Patterson and he and he hit the ground and there was nothing notable about it other than that that he instantly grabbed for his helmet and looked shaken up on the play right I couldn't tell if his head hit the turf or not Regardless, he was able to come back in the game and finish the game in the fourth quarter, and it just it it just reminds you of what this sport is and, and how driven guys are to get back on the field and how it's possible to have a brain injury go undetected and undiagnosed and be back out on the field. Kyler Gordon was hurt one play after the second time Brisker got hurt, making a uh, uh, trying to make a, a, a tackle on Mariota at the goal line. Mariota scored on a ten-yard touchdown run. Gordon slammed right into him at the goal line and didn't come back in the game after that. He was clearly shaken up after that. So you've got two different instances here of, of, of things going very differently. But now you've got your two top draft picks from the 2022 class and concussion protocol. One last footnote on this. We did see Jaquan Brisker walking through the locker room today, which is a good sign. It means obviously he's he's in the building and he's, he's well enough to be here. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where this goes as the week goes on.
1: So possible replacements, I imagine DeAndre Houston Carson would be for Jaquan Brisker uh, yeah. as far as uh kyler gordon he's a versatile guy is somebody like justin lane in play there with i know
0: there, it, yeah that. it'd be vildor as your outside and jalen jones as your nickel jones uh, is if nickel. that happens yeah, yeah. he so, was
1: injured too jalen jones he's he coming back from something right
0: he'll, yeah he'll be okay. okay um the other notable injury report note is that tevin jenkins was a full participant in practice so uh you know there you have that after after what we've gone through the last two weeks and questioning where tevin's at with his hip injury and where he's at with uh, his mental in wanting to be on the field, and and I think David, one of the notable things from the Matt Eberflus press conference on Wednesday was him essentially saying that they were more content having an injured Tevin Jenkins, who said he couldn't even play in a rotation, active for the game, than Alex Leatherwood.
1: Right? That, what, that it was, was well for Alex Leatherwood.
0: Blew my mind. Blew my mind. And it tells you where where they're at with Alex Leatherwood. Bears obviously made a a waiver claim on him uh, before the regular season began and and picked up a a pretty hefty chunk of salary uh, to kick the tires on that. And it's clearly not trending in the right direction if you can't uh, even get a game day jersey as a backup when the guy in front of you says, "I, I don't really think I can play today.
1: So Sunday, despite Justin Fields' ascension in recent weeks, if he doesn't play, it will not be a commercial for the 2021 first 17 picks of the NFL draft because you will have Zach Wilson, Alex Leatherwood, and Justin Fields contributing nothing to the respective teams.
0: Yeah, obviously, all in different phases yeah. of, of their contributions to respective
1: teams. Unfairly out of context. I love it. Together. I love it. That's
0: what we do. We, what we, do. we 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 said in our opening pilot episode that we were going to be unfair and out of context text as much as possible
1: i'm connecting some dots that might not need to be connected (laughs) but that's kind of fun okay so what big number do you have i got a bunch of them
0: and uh some of them are similar the first one is four and i'm going to give you four names and then you're going to unlock the puzzle here the names are parsons van ginkle okuda and patterson
1: Hmm. those are defensive names patterson mm, maybe not okay i i I give that's i'm not sure all All right. right Those four players have each scored
0: on a return touchdown in each of the last four games against the Bears. Four consecutive games that the Bears have allowed a return touchdown. It starts with Marka Parsons with the fumble return in Dallas. Van Ginkle returns a blocked punt when the Dolphins were in town. Okuda, we know the high profile pick six off of Justin Fields in the loss to the Lions. And then Cordero Patterson sets an NFL record with his ninth kickoff return touchdown in his career. That's four straight weeks that you're giving uh, an opponent free points with uh, return touchdowns. That's got to stop. Top, but that's a, a certainly a notable number.
1: You can't be a team with a margin for error as thin as the Bears and have explosive plays like that that are tied to mental breakdowns. And I think every physical mistake can be pointed possibly having a mental breakdown, and those are some mental breakdowns.
0: There's no question, right? And you've got, you've got to get your arms around those and make sure those don't happen. My second number is also four. All right, You're going to see a trend here as we go through this. This is the fourth consecutive season that the Bears have had a losing streak of at least four games. All right, we had four losses in a row in 2019. They went 46 days between victories that year. 2020, six losses in a row. We all remember the infamous six-game losing streak in which the leadership has never been better inside these walls here in Lake Forest. That one was a 56-day stretch between victories in that regard. 2021, five losses in a row, 46 days between victories. We're at four losses in counting right now. And when the Bears take the field on Sunday, they will be 35 days removed from their or thirty four, I'm sorry, thirty four days removed from their most recent victory, which was that Monday night thriller in New England.
1: There's got to be a better way to build character. <laughs> there has to be.
0: God. There has to be. And right, and then Matt Eberflus said earlier this week that to keep morale up, you're relying on the men in the locker room, and you're relying on their character, as you mentioned. And so, uh, you're lucky when you can have a streak like this and it not bubble up into dysfunction. But to your point. You don't want to test that character as often as the Bears seem to do on an annual basis here.
1: You can learn how to lose just as easily as you learn how to win, and the Bears are inventing ways, as you just described. Those those return touchdowns are just uh, it, it, the exhibit A, is how you learn how to lose and develop bad habits.
0: No question about it. Two last numbers for you. Five, that is the Bears' current rank on third down. The Bears ha- have gotten to 45.6% in terms of converting third downs this this year. Not that long ago, they were 28th in the league, David, and they've made this rapid ascent to fifth in the NFL in third down percentage. You know as well as I do that third down in the red zone is where uh, offenses make their money and where, where they show who they are. The Bears are moving in the right direction in that regard. Just for some context on this, here are the four teams ahead of the Bears in third down rates this season. The Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, and the Eagles pretty good cast of offenses and a, and a nice fraternity to be in. And so that's a, another uh, number that, that, that just gives you statistical evidence of how far this offense is come.
1: That's good company to keep. And that's something that I didn't think we would be talking about based on how the season started. And this says that at least there is – you know a silver lining here to talk about because it not everything is awful it's just the record
0: right and the and the bears the bears have talked all year about about making sure that they understand what situational football is truly about and how they can most succeed and they've done that and they're also in the top 10 in red zone they're up to ninth in the in the red zone as well so last number I've given you 4 I've given you 4 I've given you 5 so now I'll give you 4 and 5 which is the bears record on thanksgiving week during my time on the beat that includes a four and one record on Thanksgiving Day itself, which then you can do the math, the algebra that you know that we would make my fourth-grade son do, and say, "Oh, they're zero and four on the Sundays after Thanksgiving during all the time on the beat." That's
1: sure right. It. That means that maybe they should try something other than turkey on Thursdays, right? Maybe a ham, maybe some yeah. steak, yeah, or a salad. Maybe they should go, you know, light. to – I don't know what that means, but zero and four <laughs> on the Sunday after Thanksgiving means you with me coffee. as a reporter. Well, that's that's the last 10 years. That's a decade's <laughs> worth of evidence. So that's that's a very interesting statistic. Okay, those are some good numbers.